Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live! (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Lance's House of Sports. It's me and my boy Benji Go with me this evening after a week off, having some family time, enjoying the time off. But we got to get right back into it because a week off means another week we got to catch you up on. And the first thing that I want to talk about, Ben, I'm sure you can guess the obvious for me. It's the Drew Holiday trade from the Portland Trailblazers to the Boston Celtics. So when we were last here on this show, we were discussing the Damian Lillard trade about how that was the biggest trade of the summer. We were waiting for it all summer. It finally got made and he didn't go to the expected Miami Heat team. He went to probably the biggest rival I got in the NBA right now as a Celtics fan, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And at first I was devastated because you got to think, well, with a one-two punch like Damon Giannis, I don't know if anyone's ever going to be able to stop that. But just a few days after that pod releases, Drew Holiday is coming to Boston. And before I get your reaction from it, because I don't know if we've actually talked about this yet. No, we haven't. We did lose some key guys, some guys that I've been a huge fan of. Um, Robert Williams was the big one. He was the interior force for us. He was the rim protector, the shot blocker, but he was never able to stay healthy. I don't think he ever played more than 60 games in one season in a Celtics uniform. And then we also traded away Malcolm Brogdon, who was just, I guess you can consider it a one-year rental now. He was the reigning sixth man of the year last year in the NBA, and we move on from his him as well to go on and get Drew Holiday. I mean, I already know my reaction from this, but I'm curious about your reaction from this and what you think this means for this Celtics team. I mean, it's huge. It's like a better Marcus Smart. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> I agree 100%. As much as I hate to, yeah, you, hate to say it, because I'm a big boy, Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. You got a new boy now. <laughs> I got a new boy now. Got a new uh, favorite defenseman on the team. Yeah. Because um, it was going to be Derek White. It was, there, it was there for a few months. It was looking like he was going to lead the realm in the – in the backcourt for perimeter defense, but now we arguably got the best perimeter defense in all of the NBA. And if there's one thing you need to stop Damian Lillard on the, on the new Milwaukee Bucks team, it's perimeter defense. So I'm ecstatic about it. And not to mention we may not just have the best perimeter defense in the league. We probably have the best starting lineup in the league, which I am extremely proud to say, which is probably for the first time since 2018 with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving in them. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to stop my boys. I'm going to be honest. I know our bench is not that deep, but we got some young guys. We just paid Peyton Pritchard not uh, not too long ago, a couple days ago, as a matter of fact, as we signed him to a four-year, $30 million deal. I love it, honestly. We got the rookie Jordan Walsh coming in, Luke Cornett running the backup center spot. I think the Celtics are going to be just fine. Yeah, I feel like depth could be a problem, but come playoffs, they're only playing seven guys anyway. Yeah, and it's weird because I feel like we talked about it on this podcast a couple weeks ago when we were last on here. Like, it almost seems like all of the best teams in the league are teams that don't really have much depth because we're talking about, I mean, you know, the Denver Nuggets, the the reigning champions, they lost a key piece in Bruce Brown, who, which I, they didn't really fulfill that spot in any way. They kind of just lost him. 
they're probably not going to lose much from it. I mean, they're going to be fine. They're going to be contending. They're probably, I mean, they're not considered the favorites on the sports book, but throughout the year, they're going to be considered the favorites with Jokic. And then you got a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't even know if you could name a bench player on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, we could if we talked about it, but it's just their depth is running as dry as like anybody in the league. Pat Connaughton, but he's probably going to start. <laughs> he's probably going to start for them. Yeah. And to mention my Boston Celtics now, I mean, yeah, we got a crazy starting lineup, but outside of whether it's Derek White or Al Horford coming off the bench, after that, the Reigns, we got Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, Luke Cornett, Jordan Walsh. Pretty bad. I mean, that, those aren't great <laughs> names that I'm saying, if I'm being honest. But a team that I'm kind of interested about, because all offseason I was saying, you know, like they're going to have a terrible bench. They might have the worst bench in the league. Suns. It's the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And because they didn't stop making moves after that Bradley Beal trade. And no, they made some good moves. And they've been signing guys. They were a part of, were they a part of the trade with Drew Holiday? Uh, they were actually because they traded DeAndre Ayton. They got Yusuf Nurkic um, and a couple more guys as well. I mean, you know, looking at guys that they're going to have on their bench, I know it's not like huge names, but it's better than what it was going to be. And it's guys like Utah Watanabe. They're going to have Drew Eubanks coming off the bench behind Yusuf Nurkic. They still got Nasir Little. Um, Grayson Allen was a part of that trade. Yeah. Um, getting him from the Milwaukee Bucks. Our boy Krob uh, was on the pod a few weeks ago. He loved that move from the Suns. He thought they won that trade because they got Grayson Allen. I mean, just saying it right now, it doesn't sound great at all, but it's way better than it was a couple months ago after that Bradley Beal trade. So maybe that's just the name of the game in the NBA nowadays. So when naming all of those powerhouse teams, you also have to, you you got to mention, you know, teams such as the Los Angeles Lakers who made it to the Western Conference Finals before getting swept um, to the Denver Nuggets. They made some huge additions to their depth chart getting guys like Gabe Vincent, um, Christian Wood, and Jackson Hayes to back up Anthony Davis at the center position. You got a guy like Cam Reddish who's just begging for a chance in the league as he's been really struggling to find a spot in the rotation after getting traded from Atlanta. Didn't really get any playing time in New York. And then a team like the Memphis Grizzlies too. I, I don't know how you feel about them. I think they're going to be extremely competitive again this year, especially after they get John Morant back from that suspension. I mean... They're just a team that has more depth than other other teams, other the top teams in the league. You got to say it. They just acquired Derrick Rose from the Knicks. To back up Steven Adams, they still retain Xavier Tillman. Um, they still have, who in my opinion I'm a fan of, Kenny Lofton Jr. backing up Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he can be a key piece of that team. He could be. Um not to mention you got Marcus Smart on that team as well. One of my boys to bat or who knows what they do with him. He's got to start. Um, because when they bring back John Morant, I mean, because you got John Morant, Marcus Smart, Des Bain, Jaron, Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, and then you don't know what they do with Luke Kennard. You don't know what they do with Derrick Rose. Um, you got to start John Morant, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, and Stephen Adams, right? That's got to be your yeah, starting five. I agree. I mean, it's not a super big starting five. That's kind of a little bit of the problem. But moving past that, we know who the powerhouse teams are in this league. But is it going to be a three-headed race? Or these is this Lakers team? Is this Grizzlies team? Is a team like the Philadelphia 76ers finally going to get over that hump? Or just what? I don't even know what to expect in the NBA. What are expectations for you going into the season after so much change around the league? I mean, I think it's going to be super competitive with, I mean, with 
all those teams you just named, I mean, any one of them could win the finals. Like, I, you can't count. I still believe that. Yeah. I mean, you can't count out LeBron and AD. Yeah. You know? That's true. LeBron's getting, getting a lot of hype this offseason. Obviously, it's LeBron, but yeah. people saying he's looking better than he did last year. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> now we're just at a point for the Los Angeles Lakers that I think it's officially time to where Anthony Davis takes over the realm as the best player on the team, and LeBron moves back to that number two role, which we've never seen LeBron do before. But he's in year 21. I mean, that's all predicated on AD staying healthy. Yeah, that's I saw he wanted to play 80 true. games this year. Yeah, he said he he said he want, didn't want to miss one game this season. He played in the first preseason game. It's crazy. It's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you'd expect. Speaking of preseason, uh, Porzingis looked good. Porzingis looked fantastic yeah. in his first game with Boston. I mean, he was running the pick and pop fantastically. Um, he was catching the pick and pop, hitting a little pump fake dribble pull up. Um, he did a fantastic job with the pick and roll, with the beautiful lob. I mean, it reminded me of the Rob Williams lobs that we always have with the pick and roll with him getting involved. It's almost as if my boys, I mean, granted, we also lost Grant Williams. We lost Malcolm Brogdon, but... You know, talking about Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, we lost those guys, and we got guys that are just as good, and if not better, just filling their shoes. Yeah. So yeah, the depth isn't going to be just isn't going to be as good as what Celtics fans are normally used to. But maybe this is what we need to finally get over the hump. Is that it's a dominant? Starting it's just five. a dominant starting five, starting six that you can play. You can play big or you can play small, depending yeah. on if you want to go Al and Porzingis or if you want to go Drew and Derek White to go with your forwards and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, it's just tough with such a long season and these penalties, not penalties, but like you know the fines they're giving out to teams for setting their guys now. I mean, all these teams have great starting fives, but if they can't stay healthy, they're fucked because they have no depth. Yeah, I feel like with the way the league's going nowadays, I don't know if depth's going to matter going into these playoffs because is a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, like the New York Knicks in the East going to be able to keep up with a team like the Bucks or the Celtics? I really don't think so. No. I think I think in the East it's a straight two-man race and it's going to be a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Finals between the Celtics and the Bucks. I can already see it now. Yeah, that's how it should be. But in the Western Conference is where it's a little different, kind of yeah. like it always is. Yeah, there's more parity in the West. A lot of parity in there's a lot of teams that you think that can compete to make the playoffs. And just naming these teams that I think are going to be competitive, one of these teams aren't going to make it. And I kind of have a team in mind, but I'm curious who you think out of all these teams don't make it. You know, obviously the Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns, you got to think the Golden State Warriors are going to be still atop of the West this year. I know really? they traded Jordan Poole for Chris Paul, but it's the Golden State Warriors. If they stay healthy, I think they're going to win games. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies. And then this is where it starts to get interesting, in my opinion. You got the Los Angeles Clippers with the dynamic injury duo of yeah. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's a team that could easily compete to win it all if they were to ever stay healthy. I think that's a Russell true— Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and yeah. company, yeah. He plays well. And then you got the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are only going to be getting better and better with Anthony Edwards. He's— not even up and coming anymore. He's a superstar in this league. 
and then a Kings team who's a three seed in the playoffs last year, and then the New Orleans Pelicans who were expecting a healthy Zion back this year to go along with Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum. That's a lot of competition over there in the Western Conference, and I didn't even mention, you know, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that some people think can make a push in the playoffs. Yeah. I've seen people th- people think that they could win 50 games this year. Yeah. and would be I, crazy. It would be crazy, but it wouldn't surprise me to the max because yeah. we saw how competitive they were last year without Chet Holmgren, yeah. and now you're adding a key piece like that. Yeah. Him and Shea are going to be disgusting. And Josh Giddy, Lou yeah. Dort, they got, a, they got a good roster. Yeah. And I mean – I think I think Chet Holmgren has a chance to win Rookie of the Year this year, and we'll get to that more in a second. But out of all those teams that I named, you know, if you got to pick one to not make it, not including the Thunder, you know, who are you picking? To not make what? To not make the playoffs. Because there's only so many spots to go around. To me, I think Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Lakers are the true locks. I think where yeah. it's Clippers, Mavericks, Timberwolves, Kings, and Pelicans is where it starts to get spicy. Because I get it, the Kings have a fantastic team. I'd probably take the – you might think this is bold, but I'd probably take the Clippers over the Mavericks if they stay healthy. To make the playoffs? Yeah. I don't think that's that crazy at all. Because I just – Kawhi and Paul George, I mean, I feel like we haven't seen them play like consistently in so long that people forget how good they are. Yeah. But, I mean, those guys are those guys are crazy. Yeah. Kawhi has potential to like be a top five player in the, in the world when he's healthy. I mean yeah. – I agree. Russell Westbrook just a few years ago was – Averaging triple doubles. Yeah, I mean they have a they have a really good roster. And now he's listed as like the ninety second best player in the NBA. Yeah, that's, did you see that top one hundred list that came out that ESPN dropped? No, I didn't. You, I, saw, I can't uh, tell you how blasphemy it is. I saw the baseball list. Bryce Harper, fortieth ranked <laughs> player in the MLB playoffs. These guys keep calling themselves experts. It's just click, and then they drop it's, these it's, lists. <laughs> they only they're only doing it for clickbait. So they get interactions. That's all it's about. I mean, whether it's for clickbait or not, this is horrendous. They had Russell Westbrook listed as the 94th best player in the NBA, listed behind guys such as Kyle Kuzma, Scoot Henderson, Cade Cunningham. Scoot Henderson? Austin Reeves, Draymond Green, just to name a few. You haven't even seen Scoot Henderson play an NBA game yet. (laughs) I understand 100%. I think it's just absolutely crazy what type of list this is. And then just to name a few more, I mean, they came out with the 11th to the 50th ranked this morning you know if you had to say who's better john morant or mikhail bridges who are you saying ja i can't believe you even thought about that mikhail looks great he's a fantastic player i understand he looked john morant's a superstar yeah 100 kyrie, ja, ja kyrie irving or mikhail bridges kyrie what about uh james harden or mikhail bridges who was higher though kyrie or ja on that list um kyrie was one ranked Higher than John Morant. I like that, at least. You said James Harden or Mikel Bridges is ranked over all of those players. Paolo Bancara is ranked over all of those players. But, I mean, Mikel Bridges in Brooklyn last year was averaging 28 points. In his few stint. Yeah. But their team was, he was the best player Dog on their team. Shit, yeah. He was the best player on their team. He will be again I this year. I'm not, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to, you know. I, I think that. I'm not trying to give crap to Mikel Bridges while I'm doing this. I'm just talking about yeah, when we those normally those three talk, guys you named are better when, than Bridges. When we normally talk about these super, like these superstars, we're talking about them as top 15, top 20 players in the NBA. Yeah. And they got listed as top 45 players in the NBA. Who else is on there? Is there any other surprising ones? Um Victor Wembanyama is at 47 ahead of Zion Williams, ahead of That's crazy. A lot of other guys too. That's crazy. 
And I mean, I just have to say, as a Celtics fan, Derek White was not on this list. I think that's crazy, honestly. That's just, you know, me as a fan. <laughs> I feel like he's around the same skill set as Kyle Kuzma. Top 50? Kyle Kuzma was ranked 86th. Oh, 86. Okay. But yeah, he probably should have been top 100, I guess. I think he so. He could have been know. like 100th. He could have. <laughs> I don't know, but it surprised me seeing that. That's all. And then they even had Chet Holmgren. Yeah, like I said, they had Chet Holmgren at 33. They had Victor Wembanyama at 33. Uh, 73. Oh, 73. They had Victor Wembanyama at 47. Hasn't even played a game yet. It's terrible. I, I know it's terrible, and then I'm about to say, but do we think both of those guys can make an all-star team? Yeah. I think they can. Yeah, 100%. So, it's just I don't get how they're ranking them that. Is it like a prediction for like the end of the season? Uh, no, it's just right now. For right now. Yeah, I think that's terrible. Maybe it's just because after they what they did in preseason, because those guys were going at it, and they both looked great. They were. And mentioning that preseason game, I mean, they went toe-to-toe. Um, I... Watching that game, I thought Chet outperformed Victor overall in that game. I mean, Victor was struggling to get the glass while Chet was dominating it. But then again, Victor was saucing up Chet on the offensive side. He did it a couple times. I I think their skill sets are a little different because Victor Wamanyama is a 7-4 point guard. Yeah. He can do anything. I mean, the weakest part of his game for how tall he is, the weakest part of his game is under the rim because I think he's so much lighter. Under the rim on defense or offense? Defense. Okay. Because he's so much lighter. See, like, than, and that's where that's where I think like I don't even think it'd be a weakness because of his size. But if and because of his height. If he, like if, I get it. He's you got Joel and B down there posting him up like it's a bucket. Yeah. It's a bucket. I'd say more times than not. Yeah. But still, like with his wingspan and with his height, he's getting like he can get bullied all the way down yeah. to the one foot mark. But then when still he goes up block. to dunk, it doesn't mean he can't block it. Yeah. I just I think the bigger centers in the league are could have a field day with Wamanyama. I think I, they can have more of a field day with Chet, in you my think? opinion. Just because he's not as tall, and he's just as skinny, if not skinnier nah, than Victor. He put on some weight this offseason. What, like 10 pounds? More than Chet. <laughs> or more or than, more than uh, Victor? Victor, yeah. Yeah, well, Victor was the one out here saying, like, why do I need to gain weight? <laughs> he doesn't think he'll he needs find to gain out. weight. He will find out. I've seen, clips, also, I've seen clips of him in Europe getting bodied by yeah, centers that are heavier I than agree. him. I saw him getting bodied by his ex-teammate, Bilal yeah. Colaby. yeah. But I think his weight will just gain over time. Yeah. I mean, it's, he'll gain weight, but it's yeah. tough to gain weight when you're that tall. I mean, yeah. But then again, what is he only 18 years old? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> he's still a kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's still a kid and he's about to come dominate the league. Yeah. Hopefully. But if you, if you had to pick one of them or if you had to pick someone to win rookie of the year right now, who are you taking? Probably Victor. Yeah. Clout. I guess. I feel like everybody's talking about Victor Wembanyama. I don't know. They're both they're both pros and cons. Because even Scoot Henderson has a possibility to win it. I think those are the three guys that are going to win it, that have a chance of winning it. Yeah. They're just – I know they were the top three picks. I know Chet was the top pick, didn't end up playing last year, so he's considered a rookie this year. But when you look at the tape, they're just obviously the three best players in the in this draft class. But I believe it's I believe it's respectfully only going to be Chet or Victor because they're just going to have way more opportunity. And the reason why I believe it's going to be Chet Holmgren that ends up taking the trophy at the end of the season is because I think his team can be more successful this season, and I think he can bring just as big of an impact, meaning having similar stats this season while his team's also winning games. Yeah, his team is definitely better. 100%. But that could play into Victor Wembanyama's hands too, because 
what if he make what if he gets Spurs forty wins? Yeah, you know. Well, <laughs> that's where you got to give it to him. Yeah, because he's got one of the worst teams in basketball right yeah. now. And that that's where I was gonna say like it's pros and cons for both because Victor he doesn't have as talented of a team so he can have the ball in his hands more, um, create for his own more. While Chet Holmgren he's gonna be more rocking the two or the three as best player on the team, meaning on the Thunder with guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander and even Josh Giddy, you know, handling the ball. Yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a battle in the NBA between those two. I mean, that one preseason game was just the beginning, but. Long way to go. Preseason's underway. NBA season's two weeks away. JT's going for MVP this year. He is. I think he's gonna. He's not gonna have as big of a load as he did last year. Uh, I I kind of agree with what you're saying, just because we have a lot of we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of talent, and you gotta a lot, get guys the ball. And uh, yeah, a lot of people to share the ball with. But I think with because of all that talent, I think his ability to score is gonna be that much easier. Yeah. And he's already he's already coming off a 30-point-per-game season last year, and now you're adding Chris Hausporzingis, you're adding Drew Holiday. It's just it's going to leave it wide open for him. The double teams aren't going to be coming as often. If anything, his stats are going to go up even more because his teammates are going to be hitting their shots more. You know, he's, he's still going to be drawing the most attention on the team. Yeah. I think he's due for an MVP season. Do they have a most improved in the NBA? They do. Why? Who you like for that? I like Porzingis. Do you? Oh, I mean, he I wasn't mean, bad last year well, anyway, but like. Yeah, because when you're looking at statistics, he's coming off his best season. Yeah, I just think he's going to be different this year. He looks so good in that preseason game. He did look really good. He looks scary. He did. <laughs> I agree. But with that being said, I think it's time to move on to college football. Yeah. Of course, we got to start with the OSU Buckeyes. And with that being said, you know, they had a complete change of style of play in the first half compared to the second half. Talking about when they went up against Maryland this past weekend and Talia Taglovailoa, younger brother of Tua. I mean, what was your thought process just watching that game and watching just how terrible we were in the first half, not being able to run at all the entire game, and then just watching our defense just flip the switch in the second half and dominate and not give up a single point? Yeah. I mean, now we gave up a touchdown. Did, it, did we in the second first, half? First drive of the second half. Oh, no okay. one scored. But after that, we were... I must have missed that. We were clamps. So I was at the game. Yeah. Kyle McCord doesn't trust himself at all. You know, it, like, you can see it. Like, he has guys open, and he just won't throw the ball. Yeah. I mean, he did a way better job in the second half, obviously. We ended up scoring a lot of points. But, I mean, in the first half, the play calling looked timid. Extremely. Kyle McCord looked timid. I mean, I just... <laughs> We're five games into the season now. I feel like these guys need to... They need to ramp up. Yeah, they need to pick it up. And I'm glad you're starting to feel this way because as much as I said after the Notre Dame game, I'm feeling a lot more confident. I mean, we still got a long way to go in this season. And it's not 12-team playoff yet. It's only a 14 playoff. We got to win out if we want to make it because there's a lot of teams this season that are competing to make this playoffs. Yeah, three in the Big Ten. Three in the Big Ten. We, I mean, I kind of got a list right here of who I think can compete. I got two teams in the SEC, two teams in the Big 12, three teams in the Big 10, three teams in the Pac-12, and then two teams in the ACC. And I know you're, like, looking at me weird because I said two teams in the ACC. I'm looking at you weird because I don't – who's the second team in the SEC? They're kind of dog shit this year. Bama. Because yeah. as much as you want to say, no, 
They're not making I it. I know they lost early in the year, but if they win out, they're, yeah. they're going to make the playoffs. If they win the SEC, yeah. But All I they have to do is win out. They're not going to win the SEC. You don't, I mean, because who has Georgia played this season to really prove that they're they as dominant as they've been the last beat couple five years? 5-0 Kentucky 51-10 to 10 or something, didn't they? They did. They fucked them. Yeah, they them. dominated. They fucked them. They dominated. They're back. <laughs> they're good. They're the best team in the country. In Michigan, I hate to say it, sadly, they're the second best team in the country. What makes you say that? She experienced. They have back on offense. They have the best running back duo in the country. I think J.J. McCarthy is good enough to get it done. Yeah. The one thing I don't think they have that we do is a great wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Roman Wilson is that good. Yeah. But Michigan hasn't played a even decent team yet. The so <laughs> best team they've played this season was Minnesota. Minnesota, who they yeah. just beat fifty two to ten last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's gonna continue to be a cakewalk for them until they go up against Penn State on November eleventh. Yeah. They have to play uh they have to play at Maryland the week before they play us. I think that game yeah. might be entertaining. You think it's a little bit of a trap game that fans need to watch out for, or you think it's just I expect them to dominate the line of scrimmage against Maryland, but Maryland's offense is better than any offense they're going to see except for Penn State. Yeah. I think Maryland's probably the fourth best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. We're complaining about Ohio State, but we covered the spread against the 5-0 yeah, <laughs> team. So I Was mean, that the first time we covered the spread this season? Could have been. I think it was. Could have been. Because I know the Notre Dame game, we were three-and-a-half-point favorites, and we won by three. Yeah. So just miss that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the who was it? Western Kentucky or Youngstown State or something? Did we cover that spread? I mean, we won like sixty three to sixty three to ten. Yeah. Spread was not fifty three. <laughs> yeah, we covered that spread. Yeah. I, forgot about, I forgot about that game. Yeah. But it's a game that you don't really need to remember. No, We're talking about Western Kentucky, but another really important college football game that we need to talk about, and it's it's dictating what the rest of this season is going to be. For the rankings, it was Oklahoma traveling to Texas last week and beating Texas. The Rev- Red River Showdown. In the Red River Showdown. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think of that game? Because, I mean, right when you thought Texas came back and was going to complete the comeback and win the game and get all the hype to Quinn Ewers about how he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football, Dylan Gabriel and company did not need much time to hush that up and to make sure they won that game. Yeah. Just those defenses, man. Yeah. They're so bad. But you could say that all over college football. Oh, really? You really could. Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. As much as I've been liking our defense this year, it's, I think it's way better than it was last year. And as good as Michigan's defense is, Georgia, I re- I've really liked all the Pac-12 teams this season. I think their offenses are the best in college football. I think, I think Washington, Oregon, and USC all have the best offenses in football. But when we're talking about all the Power 5 teams and all these top teams, they also have the worst defenses. That's why I can't judge it yet. Because Pac-12 teams only play Pac-12 teams. They just score a ton of fucking points on each other because they have no defense. So, like, you could say they have the best offense, but, like, what's the best defense they've played? When we're talking about all those teams? USC almost lost to Arizona. Arizona. Like, that's crazy. But honestly, when I was watching that game, I was impressed with Arizona. And then when you, it's because USC's I know, I know, I'm just, I know I'm just giving love to them, but I, I kind of want to do this. Like Arizona's two and three, and they're a good football team. And they dealt with a QB injury a couple weeks ago. They had a true freshman come in at quarterback, Nick Feifta, I think is the right way to say it. He looked incredible. 
against USC. He looked incredible. Because he's good, or is USC's defense? That I mean, bad? I mean, it could have been a little bit of both. I thought his, I thought his arm power and his accuracy for a freshman was incredible, and that's why I want to give him credit where it's due. Because yeah, you still got to put the ball in the spot where it's open. You know, like I feel like we've seen it too many times with these mid-tier level quarterbacks in college football that can't even do that. So I don't know. Maybe give a little bit of credit to Arizona, but then again. We we'll can't see. give it. We can't give a ton, which I understand. Do you know Ohio State averages the uh, most yards in the Big Ten on offense? Our offense is uh, bad this year, and we average the most yards in the Big Ten. I thought that was interesting. Well, that, it's <laughs> not up to it's not up to our standards. Yeah, that's why. I just think but, it's funny. I mean, we still we still put up yards. It's just like we average like four hundred and forty yards a game. It's crazy. Yeah. That is People shit crazy. on us. But I mean, it's still early in the year. It's probably still a little lopsided. We've had more mismatch games than we haven't. Outside of Notre Dame, I mean, it's pretty much been a cakewalk for us, or it should have been. But going back to Arizona, here are the three teams they lost to. They lost to USC by two points. They lost, they lost to Washington by a touchdown, um, only giving up 31 to them. Only 31? Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to every other game in the Pac-12, teams are giving up 56. Yeah. I guess. You know? 31's a lot of points, though. I mean, if you give up 31 points, you're you're probably losing that game. In college football, I would disagree. Points get scored in college football. Yeah. I mean, in bunches. If, if Ohio State gives up 31 points this season in a game, we're going to lose. Yeah. If Michigan scores more than 30 points against us, we lose that game. You don't think we can outscore Michigan? I think that game is going to be more defensive than they have been recently. I don't think there's going to be as many points scored. I think the defenses are going to shine. Yeah. I think both defenses are elite. I could see it. Like the old days, 10 to 7. So <laughs> talking about a big game that we got to talk about this week, you know, Notre Dame's coming off a tough loss to Louisville, getting their second loss on the season. Their season's virtually over now. They still got a chance to ruin everyone else's season. They're at home taking on USC this week. They're listed as a three-point favorite. Are they really? Is this a game where you're looking at the spread and you're like, okay, maybe the senior quarterback, Sam Hartman, can finally pull out a big win? Or is USC going to just dominate their defense? Because their defense looked spectacular against us, honestly. Yeah. you're. I mean, hyping up how we have the best offense in the Big Ten, we only scored 17 points against Notre Dame. Yeah, they played us well. I think it's a little different. I think USC will score more because I think Caleb Williams is miles better than – Kyle McCord. They're gonna USC is gonna score more points than we did because Caleb okay, Williams. Okay. Caleb Williams is way better okay. than Kyle McCord. I see McCord. what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Notre Dame's gonna score more points than they did on us because USC's defense is terrible. I think it'll be a you know like 31-28 game. You think USC scrapes by though? Yeah. At first, I was gonna say no, just because I always say Vegas knows all, yeah. and they got them listed as a three point favorite. But, you, you know, as a team, they cannot stress enough how much they need this game because it's not getting any easier for USC this season. And they have no room for error as it's still a four-team college football playoff. They still got Utah. They still got Washington. They still got to travel to Eugene to play Oregon. And they still got to play UCLA, who they're not a great team, but they're a team that's going to that's gonna compete and try and knock you off. I think USC ends up scraping by this one barely. Yeah, barely. Which isn't going to be good for us Buckeyes because we need Notre Dame to be looking good this season. 
and they've already just been looking worse and worse. Sam Hartman's looking worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, we just got to win games. We don't even have to win pretty anymore, you know? Yeah. We just got to win. Yeah, if we I went agree. out, if we win every game by one point, we're in the playoffs. Because there's still a lot of beating up to do in all conferences, honestly. Yeah. And the biggest game of the weekend, got to mention, A Oregon traveling to 7 Washington. And I think it's game of the year, honestly, so far. Because I think whoever wins this game out of these two teams ends up making the playoffs for their respected conference. Oregon and Washington? Yep. What if uh, USC beats them both? Uh, I don't think that happens. No? I think I'm honestly huge on Oregon right now just because their defenses look tremendous. Yeah. I mean, when you're just comparing Oregon against Colorado compared to USC against Colorado, USC gave up, what, 41 points? Yeah. Oregon gave up six. Yeah. Yeah. So those defenses are night and day between the difference between them. You think Oregon can make the playoff this year? Uh, I 100% uh, Oregon I 100% think they can make the playoffs this year. I I wasn't shying away when I said the winner of this game I think makes the playoffs. I mean, granted, neither of their schedules get any easier. I Like I've been saying, I think the Pac-12 is arguably the best conference in college football. Oregon has Washington State, Utah, USC, Oregon State rest of the season. Granted, they're all winnable. USC is going to be a big tight one. Washington, they got USC coming up soon. Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, same opponents. Yeah. I think it all comes down to this game this weekend, and it's a game where Washington's listed as a three-point favorite in this game. Two Heisman candidates. Who you like in this one? Probably Oregon. Yeah? Yeah. Where is it being played? It's in Washington. Over-unders at 67.5. Michael Penix Jr. versus Bo Nix. I think I'm taking Oregon and I'm taking the over on that game. 100%. I mean, I'm definitely taking the over with you. Yeah. But who wins this game? I mean, I really want to say Oregon with you, but like I've really liked what I've seen out of Washington this season. Yeah, and I think, and as much as I want to say I think Oregon makes the playoffs, you know, I'm contradicting myself because I think Washington has played the best football out of all of these teams. And just having that home field advantage, I think it plays a big part this Saturday as it's a 3.30 game. So that makes it a 12.30 game over at Washington. You got to think maybe, no, nah, Oregon's going to be ready to play. They're going to be ready, ready to play. Bo Nix be has been in college for like six years. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, how long? How many years has Michael Penix been in college? Probably about the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to take Washington in this game as a pick. Just And it's just because they're at home, honestly. What's the spread? It's a three-point spread. In favor of Washington, so Oregon's getting the points. I want to. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of like a pick'em game. Yeah. You know. Explain this to me. Do you know how the Pac-12 championship game works? Is it just top two in their conference? Yeah. They don't have uh, divisions. No, they do not. So it's just the top two teams. Because that's where it can get really interesting. Because they could all beat each other and have one loss. Exactly. Then they're fucked. I mean, they have to go play Georgia in the first round of the playoffs. So here's what I think happens. I. I'm going to take Washington in this game. I think I think Washington ends up winning out their schedule. If not, maybe they lose to USC, but I don't see that happening. I think Oregon wins out, whether they win or lose this weekend. I think they beat USC pretty handily because they're at home. And then that I'm expecting USC to get bumped out of it. So that would lead to a rematch between Washington and Oregon. Love to see it. I would love to see it as well. And that's yeah. what I'm expecting going in 
to the. I mean, we'll we'll know after this weekend. I mean, yeah, we will. We'll know. Not exactly, but we'll know a lot more. We'll know about. We'll know more about Oregon and Washington. How good those teams really are. Because that could. I mean, if that's a high scoring game, then you know Oregon's defense isn't as good as advertised. You know, and that could. I don't know. The Pac-12 is just confusing because those defenses are so bad. Like I, I still can't. think it's the best conference in college football. And it to, could be. And to round out our college football talk, you know, if you had to pick four teams right now to make the playoffs, you know, who are you taking? Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and probably Washington. Yeah. I know I said Oregon's going to win this weekend, but Washington's been, you know. Yeah. People think they're the best team in the country. I mean, that's that's why I brought it up because Washington can easily win this game. Yeah. And then they match up again down the road. Oregon wins the championship game. And because of that, Oregon gets in over Washington. Yeah. Or neither of them get in. I mean, it's. I feel like that'd make a case for both of them getting in. Because there's teams like Oklahoma that, you know, they arguably have the best one of the year at Texas. Yeah. That is the best one of the year. 100%. As of right now, 100%. 100%. But when you look at the rest of their schedule, it's chump change. Ex- you know? Exactly. Yeah. They could so go they're, undefeated. They're probably going to, they will go undefeated. Yeah. You know, probably. Does the Big 12 have a. They do not. Yeah, they don't have a conference championship. They do not. So it's. So you, know? you got to think Oklahoma's going to make it. Yeah. So probably so that's Oklahoma, a spot right there. Probably Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. I think Ohio State and Michigan both get in as long as Ohio State beats Penn State. Michigan beats Penn what State. What about a team, you know, Florida State? Out of the ACC. They're undefeated right now. They've looked quite impressive. I know they haven't been perfect, but they dominated LSU at the beginning of the year, and I mean dominated. The easiest matchup on their schedule rest of the season is Duke at home. What if they run the table, finish the season undefeated? They probably will. The ACC is garbage. So, So now we're talking an undefeated Florida State team, an undefeated Oklahoma team, an undefeated Georgia I mean, I guess more more likely than not, an undefeated Big Ten team, whoever that may be. Yeah. So it's going to be the winner of the Big Ten, the winner of the SEC, most likely the winner of the Pac-12, and then the winner of the ACC. And, and then you leave out Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Yeah, it's just it'll be interesting. I think Oklahoma might drop a game. Yeah, the best team they play rest of the season is on the road at Kansas. Who I know Kansas, their program has been up and coming these last couple of years. They've been much much better. But you know, like Oklahoma just beat Texas. Kansas lost to Texas by 26. It's not even going to be a game. And then outside of that, you got Oklahoma State, DJ Ungalawe. I don't think that's a game. I think Oklahoma's a lock to make the playoffs. How do you not put them in? And that goes, that goes to say the same with Florida State. They look good enough. They got the quarterback. I mean, the, the playoff rankings, I mean, at the end of the year, if there's six teams that they think that should get in, I mean – Anybody with a loss is out. Yeah. And then I think it's just strength of schedule. And we didn't even bring in, you know, the possibility of one of those Pac-12 teams going undefeated, running the table in those tough, with those yeah. tough schedules. Then you have to put that team in. You yeah. have to. You're right. And how about if, you know, the Big Ten beats each other up? Maybe Penn State beats us. We beat Michigan. I think there's a case that if that were to happen, you don't put a Big Ten team in. I don't. I think you have to put the winner of the Big Ten in, just because of how prominent we are. Or I think it's because Big Ten hasn't proved that, anything. I'm sorry. No, the rest, the conference outside of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State is bad. It's terrible. But Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are really good. Yeah, they're all really good teams. Penn State's the best they've looked in 
few years this year. I mean, with Drew Aller, I mean, I mean, we'll see in in Columbus in a couple weeks. We will. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I'll be at that game. Are you? I will. I'll be sitting at the 50 yard line. It's awesome. Shout out Tom. Yeah, it's gonna be ecstatic. But just to actually finish college football, because we got to get onto the pros. How can we not talk about the pros? If I had to pick four teams right now, you know, just guessing who's going to win the certain matchups down the road, who's going to win their conference, you know, like I'm taking Georgia just because the SEC is, you know, their division is terrible. I think they end up beating Bama. I agree with you. I'm putting Oklahoma in it just because, you know, I think they run the table. I think they're undefeated. I don't think they get beat up at all. I'm putting in Florida State because I also think they're they're going to finish the season undefeated. I don't think there's any reason to not put them in. They could lose to Duke. I don't if and if that's the case, then I'll be wrong, and that's not what the playoffs is. I do be. not think Florida State's that good. They should not be in the playoffs. And then fourth team, I'm going to go ahead and put the Buckeyes because I'm going to believe in us. We're going to win out. I I, be, I believe <laughs> I believe I believe I'm moving my belief from Colorado and I'm moving it over to the Buckeyes because <laughs> it's that time of the year. It's October. I don't really have a choice. Come on, <laughs> Buckeye fans, we don't. We don't. We got the talent. We got the skill set. As long as Marvin and Emeka are healthy, that's all I care about. Yeah. Because I think if the Pac-12 beats each other up, as much as I think they're the best conference in football, we've seen what the committee has done more often times than not. You got to think they're going to leave them all out. And if they don't, then I think they put in the Pac-12 champion over Oklahoma. I don't think they leave out Florida State. Just because the Big 12 isn't as dominant as other conferences. I I know the the ACC is the worst conference in college football. I know. I agree. But Florida State looks they look good. They look okay. They look very vulnerable, like most of So the Oklahoma time over Florida State, maybe? Yeah. I would not be able to work the committee if I had to. It's too tough. It's too tough. It normally gets worked out though. Does it? Like last year. There's always a fifth. You know, last, okay, year, last year U- Utah yeah. upsets USC. It's easy. You just throw Ohio State, <laughs> Michigan in there and So I guess they gotta hope for that this season yeah. because there's ten teams on this on my list that are good enough to make the playoffs in my eyes. Yeah. I think there's college football is very even this year. Yeah. Because Georgia's not as even as I've ever seen it. Georgia's honestly. not as good as they were last year. Not even close. Yeah. But I don't think Michigan is either. I don't think we are. Because Michigan lost a ton of guys. Yeah. We lost our quarterback. We lost CJ Stroud. Yes. Yeah. Third in passing yards yeah. in the NFL right now. He's a stud. <laughs> I, I really hope he wins rookie of the year because he makes the Texans fun to watch. Yeah. Dude. Who would have ever thought that? Dude, Nico Collins is like Good. a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah. Before Tank Dell got hurt, he was a pro bowler. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We got to move on to the NFL after that because there's been a lot of upsets going on each and every week in the NFL as you know with the week off the week we missed it was a min or it was a Miami Dolphins against a Buffalo Bills matchup who we were talking about it on the pod we ended up taking the Dolphins the Bills end up winning that game and they win that game handily winning that game yeah. by what is it 18 points yeah Bills are probably the best team in the NFL but then 49ers. but then they come out this past weekend and they blow a dud and yeah. they lose. It's crazy. That's how any given Sunday, you know? Yeah. You never really know. I take back what I said about the Bills. The 49ers are the yeah. best team in football. I mean, because I get it. They were in London. Jaguars were there for two weeks since they played there the week prior as well. So maybe they get a little bit of a pass for that. But they lost to the Jaguars. And I'm sorry that as much as I was hyping up the Jaguars going into the season, they are not what they've been hyped up to be. 
but five I mean, weeks into the season. All right, they didn't blow a dud. They lost that game by five points. They shouldn't with, have lost that game, though. All right, but it's an eight-hour time change. They have three days to... Jacksonville has been in London for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. They're adjusted. They've played on the field. You seen those guys talking about how London yeah, it's like I playing saw. on cement? Yeah, I saw. Yeah. But when are players not complaining about NFL turf? But it's soccer turf. That's why they're complaining. It's not even an NFL field. I don't even yeah. know why they're playing games over there. I'm not waking up to watch an NFL game at 930. I, you don't? <laughs> you haven't I watched, done it yet? I watched the second half of that game. How about uh, your boys, the Cincinnati Bengals? Joe Burrow finally back? He's back. Is that the case? Yeah. Because he's still injured. No, he's healthy. He look. He still doesn't look one hundred percent. Yeah, I saw. I saw his jump. I saw his. Was it a hurdle? You consider it a hurdle? He's healthy. He scrambled. Yeah. Got out of the pocket. Made plays. He's back. I don't think he's one hundred percent yet. But right. He's back. Sure. Say he's at ninety. I agree. He's back. He's back. But I think he's at one hundred for the Seahawks. And then if he doesn't get hurt, pray to God he doesn't get hurt against the Seahawks. We got yeah, a bye. One hundred percent after the we bye got a bye week. week, and then we have to go play at. San Francisco. And now just like just like that, you know, I had a lot of people around me, people that I just see, you know, throughout my day in life that were stressing about the Bengals, they're not going to make the playoffs, they're going to win 6 games this season. But now, you know, one game turnaround, they win this game this past week, Ravens end up losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers this past weekend. The Steelers are leading the division right now in first place. Yeah, we're right. And the Bengals are a game behind. Yeah. Bengals are going to be fine. We're fine. I think the Bengals we still end up fine. winning the division. I do too. Our futures parlay is still intact. Yeah, 100%. It is. it is. The Saints are the one team I'm worried about because Tampa Bay does look pretty good. They do. And after week one, I started worrying about that, honestly, just because Baker looks a lot better than I was expecting. But the Saints, I mean, they got a winning record. They're 3-2. and two, Yeah. Half game back of the Buccaneers. They got to go play at Houston this week, though, against our Which board. I think is a loss. You think that's honestly. a loss? I think the Texans win that game. Bet on it. I will. Just because, like, I've been, just been extremely impressed with C.J. Stroud and be, the ability to pass like that. I mean, it just opens up any game. Yeah, gives you a ch- it gives you a chance in any given game. I think this is the best pass defense that C.J. Stroud has played against, though. Maybe outside of the Pittsburgh. Saints coming up here. Saints pass defense is very good. They have been all year. It'll be an interesting. Game. I, do, I I guess I'd agree because they they have a better pass defense than the Green Bay Packers. C.J. Packers might, have a good secondary. Might throw his first pick to Marshawn this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're is that what you're predicting? Be a crazy bet. It, it would be. It would be. How about uh the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, another Buckeye, getting his first win of the season? Yeah. Getting off the board, beating the Washington Commanders 40 to 20. Yeah. It's crazy what happens when you don't have Chase Claypool starting. Isn't that weird? As soon as Chase Claypool's off the team, they finally get a win. It's crazy. Because they hadn't won a game since they traded for him. No, they traded, they traded Claypool. I think the day after the game, but he had they benched him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was, was that on Monday? Wasn't that the Thursday night game? I thought it was. Oh yes, that's why. That's why I was gonna say yeah. I thought it was like Friday or Saturday. Yeah, but okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, he didn't play. Um, they ben- they, he didn't play the week before either. Did he not? No, they they've been benching him because he's bummy. So now it's like, who's gonna get the one pick? Uh, it's still going to be the Bears because... It could be. Because they, they have, have the Panthers pick. But then how about the Arizona Cardinals? They also have two first-round picks. They have the Texans pick. Texans aren't finishing last, though. Yeah, but they're going to have a high... It's going to be a top-ten pick. Mm, More likely maybe. than not. Maybe. Texans I don't are know. two and three, right? Stroud does look good. Yeah. They could win six, seven games. So maybe not. Maybe not. I think the Bears are going to get like the one pick because the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL by far. 
picking Bryce Young at one was not smart. Looks it's too little. He looks flustered back there. Yeah. Can't even see over his lineman. I mean, but that offensive line is horrendous. They're terrible. It's horrendous. They're terrible. I feel bad for him. Yeah. But he looks like the worst rookie quarterback out of the three guys that got drafted early. I'd agree, but, you know, guys have just been getting banged up. Yeah. Left Richardson. and right. And just starting Anthony Richardson just came back from a concussion. First game back. Grade three AC sprain. <laughs> <laughs> Expected to be out four to eight weeks. Yeah. Already, already sent on the IR. That's a huge loss for the Indianapolis Colts. Because as much as I like Gardner Minshew, we've seen what he's done in the past. He's a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to win very many games with this Colts team. No. A team that just got Jonathan Taylor back, and they're working him in as we speak. I know Zach Moss looks pretty damn good. He does look really good. But it's going to be a good one-two punch for him. Yeah, it will. Taylor will just be getting more and more touches as the weeks go on. Yeah. but I mean, you can't pay a guy like that and not it's just, give yeah. him the ball. I mean, I agree. But I was thinking maybe like maybe they signed him so they could trade him. Because now that he's under contract, I feel like now he has value. Yeah. You know? So I, as much as everyone's saying, okay, he's locked in. Um, he said in his press conference that that's an off-season issue now. He's not even worried about that. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts are still looking to move him, especially after their franchise quarterback, rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson, is going to be out until, what, week 14? Yeah. Who knows when he's going to return? Yeah. Their season's already going to be over. I think that's something that the Colts should still look into. Yeah, you're right. Another big prominent injury, a team that was looking to trade for Jonathan Taylor until their RB game just started – dominating out of the core that they had. Devon Achan, we've been talking about him a lot on this podcast, rookie running back. He just went down with a big knee injury. He just got sent on the IR. He's going to be out at least four weeks for this Dolphins team. I mean, is this going to be something that's going to affect the Dolphins at all? Or is it just going to be a fill and replace and let's keep rolling? I think, a, I think it'll affect the Dolphins. You, you do. I mean, you, I don't think you can say it won't. He's a top three leading rusher in the league right now. Yeah, but you could also give credit to the Dolphins' offensive line. Yeah, I they, mean, their schemes. You know, Raheem Moster, and they're getting Jeff Wilson off the IR this week. We're expecting him to play this weekend. Those running backs are maybe not just as fast as HN, but they're fast running backs, some of the faster running backs in the league. Yeah. It doesn't change anything that their game plan has, has had so far. I don't know if it changes their game plan, but I just think Devon Chain is better than those guys. I think it's, yeah. a, I think it's a big loss for them. Okay. He's a beast. He is. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. Hate to see, and we've just been seeing stars go down week after week after week. Maybe the biggest star of them all in all of the NFL right now, best wide receiver in football, Justin Jefferson, who's been having an outstanding year, projected to go over 2,000 yards this season. Not going to happen anymore. He went down with a hamstring injury, another player that just got sent on the IR, a team that is already struggling to find wins, sitting at 1-4 and four currently. What's next for the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, the only star... I mean, granted, they got rookie Jordan Addison. K.J. Osborne has looked solid in the absence of Justin Jefferson in just a three-quarter period. They still have T.J. Hawkinson. Where did the Vikings go from here? You know, because we were already talking about it at just a couple weeks into the season after Rodgers got hurt, maybe the Jets is a team that the Vikings should look, should look to move on from Kirk Cousins and trade him to. Should they just ride it out with Kirk Cousins on the last year of his deal? Or like, what's next for that team? Because they can't get anything right now. They're looking at a top-five pick right now. 
And maybe that's what they want, right? Maybe. Tank. Rock with Kirk. He's not even bad. It's not well, Kirk's, Kirk's a fantastic quarterback. It's not Kirk's fault well, that I'm they're not, not winning games. I, Kirk is second in yeah. the league in passing yards. Yeah, their defense. 13 to 4 touchdown interception ratio. Their defense is terrible. That's yeah, really what horrendous. it boils down to. But if you're going to have a guy that's dominating on offense, getting you points night in and night out, and you still can't win games, is it finally time to maybe think about just making that move? Because I've been saying it on this podcast each time. This is the last year of his deal. He's most likely going to be gone next season. Yeah. Do you move on from him now while you still can? Who are they going to get, though? Or do you just think they move on and have a bad season and hopefully— I, I think, why not? Draft one of those quarterbacks Justin Jefferson's already going to be out a minimum of four weeks. It could be longer. Yeah. Some people are saying they should just sit Justin Jefferson this season. Just let him get healthy. Bring him back next year. Now, I don't think that happens. No, they shouldn't. I don't think I think Justin be. Jefferson's too much of a competitor to want to sit out all season. Yeah. I think once he's healthy, you want to return. Yeah. But if he returns and these guys are two and eight, your season's drastically over already, unless you run the table. You know? There's not much for them this season. You hate to say it because the Vikings have a great offense. A fantastic offense, actually. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Kirk, but I don't know what they can do to for this season. Uh I I feel like... What can you still make of this season? I think their season's over. They're not going to make the playoffs or anything. Yeah. I mean, I'd tank. I know it's not legal, but... And with that going into tanking, I think you make it a whole lot easier by just trading Kirk Cousins away. But who's going to... Who opinion. wants Kirk right now? I think a team like the Atlanta Falcons could 100% use Kirk Cousins right now. With the Falcons sitting at 3-2, and two, half game back of the division... They're a team that, as mid as they look on the offensive side, they're com- they're going to be competing for the playoffs. Yeah, they will be in that division. Why not go get a guy like Kirk Cousins that can help throw the ball to Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith? You already got your franchise running back and Bijan Robinson. Why waste a step when you can go get Kirk Cousins right now? If the Falcons went and got Kirk Cousins, they'd be- I think they can make the playoffs. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you don't. I, I think they'd probably be the best team in their division if they got Kirk Cousins. Yeah. But they just drafted Desmond Ritter. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But And he's he's only he's getting why better. Why do NFL GMs wait so long to move on from their talent that is obviously busted already? I mean, we've seen it with Zach Wilson now. We didn't have the podcast for it, but he was coming off a huge game, ended up folding again this past week. I mean, he still had a decent game. He didn't play bad. But yeah, we're talking about a we're talking about a Denver Broncos defense that gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. Another big injury that we got I mean, there's a couple big injuries that we got to talk about. In my opinion, I think it's big. Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner. He just got sent to the IR. Knee injury. He's out, out at least 4 weeks. Yeah. I mean, with this Cardinals team that their offense hasn't looked terrible, but I've only been able to scrape away one win. You know, is this just just go with the flow type of season? Yeah. Maybe move on from Kyler Murray when he gets healthy. Could. But with losing your starting running back, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of promise going on right now over in Arizona, especially with the rookie head coach. I think they rock with Josh Dobbs. I mean, maybe bring Kyler back, start him when he's healthy, but they don't have weapons for him anyway. Like it's Outside of Marquise Brown, it's... It's not too hot. No, it's not. But they paid him so much money. I don't know who wants to take on that contract. Kyler Murray? Yeah. I'm sure they'll find somebody. You think? I think they'll find someone. I just think Kyler Murray's too good of a quarterback 
to not be starting somewhere. Oh, he definitely he comes should. back and he doesn't get traded. He'll be he'll be the, he'll he'll be the starter. His role. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's Our, another team that can maybe look to get Caleb Williams potentially. If the Bears have the first two picks in the draft, I guess they won't have the first two picks in the draft if Justin Fields is playing good. You get what I'm saying? I do get. Like what if you're they have the first pick in the draft from the Panthers and like the fifth pick, do you use that first pick and you trade down? You know, I don't because, think anyone's going to trade out of the Caleb Williams pick. What, but if Justin Fields is playing good at the end of the season, like you know what he's been doing the past couple weeks, you don't just get rid of him. Maybe you see what you can get. Yeah, trade down. You know, give the first pick to somebody. Trade down to what? Two. Yeah. Go get Marvin. Yeah, because that's what they really need. Yeah, or just get Marvin at one. Which Marvin is that type of guy. He could yeah. be the first pick in the draft, and I don't think anybody would be upset. He could, but I think you can get value from trading yeah. down. I think you trade the one pick. Yeah. To somebody who needs a quarterback. But you can't trade it to someone that doesn't have a pick right up there next yeah, to you. you're right. Because you can't trade down too far. They already traded their pick last year to double yeah. up on their picks this season. They're a team that is continuously losing games. They can't keep trading down on the draft picks. Yeah. They got to pick some guys at some point. And I think this coming up draft next summer or next spring is the perfect draft to do it. I think yeah. they did it perfectly. There's so many options. The Bears having the first draft. two, like the f- two picks in the first round, is going to be huge, especially with the Panthers pick. I mean, that's it's going to be the first pick in the draft. Yeah, unless the Giants, G-Men, second probably worst team in the league. <laughs> They're right know. there, honestly. They're terrible. I think it's a good argument. Can, <laughs> you can make the case for the Giants being one of the worst teams in football right now. I saw ESPN ranking the worst teams in NFL, and the Giants were the worst. Yeah, I think they're giving them a little too much shade, though, because when you look at the Giants' schedule compared to a, a lot of other teams, they have one of the hardest schedules in the league. Yeah. They've already played the Lions, the Cowboys, and the 49ers, and the Dolphins, and not even to mention a team like the Seahawks, a team like the Jets. I mean, and it doesn't get any easier for them. They got the Bills on Sunday night this week. They're going to get scraped. And then you got a couple, you got a couple decent weeks in the Commanders, Jets, and Raiders, and then you got the Cowboys again. Yeah. And then end of, end of season, week 16, week 18, you got the Eagles twice. So that's two more losses right there, most likely. <laughs> yeah. And not even mentioning the mid-level teams that can still beat them. They could have a very high draft pick in this coming up draft. They really yeah. could. Yeah. Just wasted the one year on Saquon Barkley. But yeah. they might just keep stringing him along. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what goes on with that. It'll be interesting. How about uh, I, I want to start giving them some love because I've started, to, I've started to notice that people don't think Brock Purdy's all that. Brock Purdy is a top seven quarterback in the league. Wow. Think you he's, think he's top seven? I think he's a beast. I, I agree with you. I was going to start saying how I think Brock Purdy needs to start getting love as he's a, not just a system quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And he's a guy that can make any type of throw you need him to. Yep. I mean, they were talking about it this past game. Kyle Shanahan said their offense is wide open. They have zero restrictions with that guy at quarterback. Yeah. So you think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league? I mean, let's run through it, right? Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Not in order. Let Not me, in order. No, no, no. Not let, in order. Let, let me do this. Let me, get, let me <laughs> do this breakdown. All right. I'm going to ask you names. <laughs> I'm going to ask you names, and you're going to say who's better. All right. Okay? Valid. Brock Purdy. Or Tua? That one's tough because Tua is leading. That was a good first yards. one, right? That's a good one. 
I don't want to say like it's tough to come. I feel like they're very similar because I feel like they. I don't want to say they carried by their weapons, but both of their weapons are so good that it makes them look. You still got to find the weapons though. Yeah, and that's why I've been loving Brock Purdy because his he's his accuracy is off the chain. Yeah, he's unbelievable. It goes very un unrecognized probably, just because they think their receivers are open. Probably about Brock Purdy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'd probably disagree with you there. Really? Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? Who's second in passing yards right now? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy or Justin Herbert? Herb. Huh? Herb? Herb. Herbert? Yeah. Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? Purdy. Lawrence isn't doing it for me this year. I expected him to have a better start to the season. Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson? That one, I knew you were going to ask that. That one's so tough. I have to say Lamar. Yeah, I saw a clip of this past week's game against the Steelers. The amount of drops those receiver, those Ravens it was receivers, an, it was had insane. Was unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. And they then he, won he that hit, game. and then he threw that beautiful bomb right down the field, which should have been an eighty-yard touchdown. Yeah, he just falls. The receiver yeah. falls. <laughs> <laughs> Tri- trips on its trips on his own worries in his head. I'm taking Lamar because if Lamar was on the 49ers, they wouldn't lose a game this season. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of have him as a top eight quarterback, it seems like. We're putting Patrick Mahomes in front of him. We're putting Josh Allen in front of him. We're putting Joe Burrow in front of him. We're putting Jalen Hurts in front of him. Yeah, we are. We're putting Justin Herbert in front of him. Yeah, you said it. Yeah. We're putting Justin Herbert in front of him. He's at six right now. We're putting Josh Allen in front of him. Seven. You put two in front of him. I personally put two in front of him, even though two is not my favorite quarterback. Yeah. Trust. What about Kirk? I would honestly put Kirk in front of him yeah. just because Kirk's been doing it for so long. Yeah, Kirk has been doing it for a long time. But, like, I'm putting him in front of guys, you know, like Jared Goff. I'm putting him in front of Trevor Lawrence right now. I mean, I think yeah. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback, but Brock Purdy's looked fantastic. I yeah. think he's outshined him in every facet this season. 100%. I put him in front of Dak Prescott. I think that's an obvious for everyone right now. Doc, Dak Prescott has not been able to live up to the hype. I put I'm I put Lamar Jackson in front of him too. So he's probably like the ninth best quarterback in the league in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's, that's fair. extremely fair to say. Yeah. yeah. And I just think people need to realize that just because they're on a super good team, you still need the players to go out and do it. Like yeah. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. Yeah. That's without a doubt. 100%. He's proved it. Yeah. For multiple years while he was on Carolina. Now he's just on the San Francisco 49ers. Doesn't change anything. He's the best running back in football. Granted, B. John Robinson is looking really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. I need to see it for a long period of time before I start. C-Max has been doing it for years. For years. For Fighting years. through injuries. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's different. Now, bringing up Bijan, that leads me to my next topic. You know, who, who wins Offensive Rookie of the Year this season? I don't know. Because there's options. I'm so upset at myself that I am. Put twenty bucks on CJ Stroud at plus a thousand to win offensive rookie of the year yeah. before the season started. So upset. He's plus one seventy five now. That's crazy. He's the favorite. Is he is he really? Uh I think so, yeah. Cause looking at here, I'll pull up the odds right here. Or he was last time. CJ Stroud is the favorite on all sports books except one, and that's Caesars. At Caesars, he's at plus six fifty still. So if you want to go bounce on that. Might have to. And then we got Bijan Robinson, who's the second or third favorite. In most in most uh, sports books odds, 
And then we got Puka Nakua right there with him, who I think has a great chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And if it wasn't for Devon Achan getting injured, he would have won, won it. it too, he yeah. would have won it. Yeah. I mean, just seeing the stats this guy's putting up each week, the yards per carry this guy gets, the yards per t- touch before contact, like that's just what sucks about injuries, man. Yeah. I mean, it just screws people out of awards. But if you had to pick someone right now, are you taking CJ Shroud or? I mean, based on how he's been playing out of the guys, like, I mean, I think he's been the most consistent rookie. Uh He looks like a veteran already. I agree. It's just, to me, it's him or Bijan Robinson. Because Bijan's still. Bijan's a beast. He's a beast. You can see it. Yeah. He's crazy. Just his agility. Yeah. His ability to make people miss is. I haven't seen anything like it since Saquon Barkley's rookie year. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Saquon. It's a good comparison. I mean, his legs aren't as thick as <laughs> Saquon's are. I don't think he's as yeah. big of a guy. But I think he's a little faster, quicker. He's a little quicker. Yeah. Yeah. But Saquon was quick his rookie Yeah, year. he was. People forget. His, he, no, he was different. I, I'd never forget it. <laughs> he Trust was so different. Me. I will never forget it since he was back in college in the OSU-Penn State game. When Took it to the as soon as the, the game casa. started, we were down yeah. seven nothing. He yeah. took it hundred yards, hundred two yards to the casa. Yeah, uh, right up the left sidelines. I'll never forget that. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, that was scary. I think he's the next Saquon Barkley. Yeah, hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah, seriously, Saquon can't stay healthy. Shit. Uh, he's. I mean, I can't say nothing. He's injured right now. Yeah, but he's starting in my fantasy lineup this week. So. Saquon. Yeah, hopefully he's back. Well, good luck. It's questionable. Good luck. Just to name a couple other names before I go ahead and list my top five power rankings, because I was struggling to make the list, I'm going to be honest. You know, a guy like Matt Milano, we, t- we were talking about it before the podcast, broke his leg, out for the year for the Bills. It seems like the Bills can just never stay 100%. I think that's a huge loss for him. Yeah. Affects their defense tremendously. Yeah, 100%. And that's just one. Leighton Vander Esch, huge player. On the defensive side for the Dallas Cowboys, another big loss for them um, to go along with Trayvon Diggs. That just beats up that defense even more. It does not help them for the rest of the season case for my power rankings. And then, I mean, we talked about the Daniel Jones neck injury. We don't know how serious it really is. Honestly, we're going to find out more as the week goes on. But that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah. As if he ends up getting injured, and he's missing time. I wouldn't expect anything from Tyrod Taylor. No. With that, with that Giants offense, I mean, he has nothing. To he work doesn't with. play against the Bills. Could be like fifty to zero. It really could. <laughs> like that Dallas game, Week One. It's probably how it would turn out. So let's make some picks. Let's make some picks. You know, this podcast is going to be out by the time the Thursday night game ends. Chiefs are ten and a half point favorites on the Broncos. We definitely think they cover that spread, right? Yeah, I think the Chiefs win by three touchdowns. Yeah, at least one hundred percent. How about uh? You know, uh, the, ne- the toilet bowl of the week, I guess I should say, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears in Chicago at, uh, in the heart of the city. Who you like in that game? I think the Bears are going to win two in a row. R- really? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade you there, and I'm going go to go to the Vikings on the road. Oh. Just because I'm not – I think the Bears have the worst offense in football. I think the Bears' offense looked fantastic last week. Is it, oh, against the Commanders? Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, they put up 40 points. Yeah. So I don't care who you're playing. If you put up 40, you did something right. That was a DJ Moore heyday, though. 
Yeah, that DJ was crazy. Moore looked like the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, and the Vikings defense is worse than the Commanders. I think it's close. They're about even. Vikings have arguably the worst defense in the league. I think that Justin Fields could have another huge day and DJ Moore could have another huge day. So I'm expecting for maybe a 38-35 finish. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Or you know what? No Jettis, though? I mean, Because I still think they can score points without him. Yeah. But without Jettis, maybe I do take the Bears. The spread on that game? I didn't think about that. Um, spread is currently sitting at two and a half in favor of the Vikings. And because they're favorites, it also makes me want to take them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my pick. I'm not going to change my gut pick. I'm going to stick with the Vikings. Seattle Seahawks for the Cincinnati Bengals. You taking the Bengals in that one? Because I am. I think they get rolling going into the bye week. I think the Bengals are going to win. Yeah. 100%. I think Joe Burrow's- 100%? Yeah. You're locking it in. Lock. I'm locking it in, dude. That's your Come Survivor on. League pick. If someone had to take it. I know. I know. I know. But if someone has a Survivor League pick and they still have the Bengals available, you're saying take the Bengals? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> you're hesitating. I guess I am. <laughs> I think that Joe Burrow is going to come out and have a tremendous game. Well, we're, I think if he does what he did last week, just we're back force, at, force feed in 7-Eleven. We're back at home. Yeah. Jamar. They're two and a half point favorites. Hopefully T's back, you know? Yeah. I think that the Bengals could... It, it, it's all predicated on the defense because our defense has looked really good at some points and really bad at some points. If we can... I think the defense steps up big this week. You think? I do. I hope so. I think... Uh, Granted... They only gave up 20 to Arizona, but I still wasn't super impressed with them. I think they could have done a lot better. No. They gave up a shit ton of points to the Titans the week prior. Yeah. I think but that's they, that game the week prior, they were the defense was on the field the whole game. Yeah. Every time the Bengals got the ball, we'd go three and out. That's true. That's I mean, true. I don't I'm not that wasn't not that wasn't like a bad defensive game for the Bengals, I think. That was just a bad offensive game, which made the defense look bad. Because you're tired by halftime when yeah. you're on the field the whole game i mean yeah but you know our young guys are starting to look better our guys that are hurt coming back should have chidobe a back this week is that right uh cam taylor Britt's gonna be 100 percent. i mean we we should win that game we have to win that game before the bye week as of right now it looks like everyone's healthy for you guys outside not everyone's healthy i mean some bench guys that are, yeah. don't really play a factor anyways you guys are 100 percent. t higgins I think he's listed as questionable. Yeah. It's looking like he's going to play. Same with Chidobi, Chidobi Awuzie. Yeah. He's questionable. looks like he's going to play. I think he's going to play. I think that we're going to come out and win this week. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think we, you we guys, need the win. We know we need the win. Joe Burrow is a competitor. He's a warrior. Just keep feeding Seven Eleven, man. Cause like it's in the name boys always open. He, he was getting some backlash for saying that, but it's true. It is true. He's yeah. And then did you see um I put it on my Instagram yesterday. Did you did you uh see it? It's uh wide receivers yeah, that have targets where the player was deemed open or wide open. And he has 40. He is the most by far this yeah. season with 40. Yeah. The next closest is Puka Nakua at 30. Terry Kill at 25. Boys always open. They need to keep feeding him the ball. Yeah. Because the two games that they fed him the ball this year are the two games they've won. And, yeah, we can say, okay, it's because Joe Burrow wasn't 100%. But it, to me, from my eyes, all I'm seeing is when you get 
Jamar the ball, you guys win football games. Yeah. Keep getting on the rock, and y'all keep He'll winning. keep getting the rock, 100%. It's not a question. But I'm mark. talking about 12-plus targets, 15 targets. He should. I think that he will get Because he wasn't. He wasn't getting targets that. every game this season unless he's getting triple teamed, which normally he is, and he's still open. In the two games you guys won, he had 15 targets and 19 targets. In the three games you guys lost, he had nine, eight, and nine targets. I think it's time to force feed him the ball. And you guys will start going on a big win streak. Sorry, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I know I'm over Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. He's going to start getting his targets I again. agree. How about uh, Saints-Texans? Saints traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. I already mentioned in this podcast that I'm taking the Texans in this game, but what about you? Probably going to take the Saints. Okay. I think I like the Saints defense better than the Texans defense. And with Alvin coming back. How about this? Detroit Lions traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers who are coming off a bye week. I think a four and one Lions. against a three and one. Lions have looked incredible. They have looked really good. I'm taking the Lions in that game. I'm going to take Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And that's just because it's not good for our parlay. If the Bucks win and New Orleans loses, like you're predicting, it's bad for our parlay. No, it's not good at all. But you know, I got I got to go with what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing. And and let me say this: I'm only taking the Buccaneers if Mike Evans is healthy and he plays. If Mike Evans does not play, then I don't. I don't think they can win that game. I think they need him. Yeah, but I've been impressed with what I've seen out of the Buccaneers so far this season. I mean, they have a couple impressive wins. The Lions, granted, they're dominating. But Carolina, they just dominated. You just said they're the worst team in football. I have not been impressed with the Packers these last couple of weeks. Jordan Love looked like a monstrosity, if I'm saying that word correctly, yeah. on Monday night. He did look bad. So I'm I'm taking the Buccaneers to pull off an upset. I mean, I, we see a couple every week. I think that's going to be one of them. Cowboys Chargers on Sunday night, or excuse me, on Monday night, on ABC in Los Angeles. That's going to be a dogfight. That's game that of the is, week. That is game of the week. I think I'm taking the Chargers. Really? Yeah. Off the bye week. Yes. Yeah. Eckler's back. He's if Herb doesn't play, obviously I'm taking the Cowboys. Herb if is, who? Herb is questionable right now. Is he questionable? Yeah. Let's see. He should play, but he is questionable. I mean, I think this is a game that is a toss-up, honestly. You can flip a coin and make a bet, and you wouldn't yeah, be upset about it. because both offenses are elite. I think the Chargers' defense has potential to be elite. I disagree with that. But you don't think they have any They've potential? always had the talent, and they've never been able to put it together. Yeah, maybe they put it together this week. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they did this week against a struggling Dak Prescott. But I think you know Dak's coming off the worst game of his season. I think he comes out and bounces back in a big way. On the road, Monday night, prime time, another chance on prime time. I think Justin Herbert's going to play. I mean, they, they said he fractured his middle, middle finger on his non-throwing hand. Yeah. They said he's not expected to miss any time. I think he's going to play. Yeah. And I hate saying that because I think the Chargers are one of the best teams in the AFC. But just because the Cowboys are going through a little funk right now, I don't think people should overreact from it. Granted, they're at 3-2. and two. I still think they're the third best team in the NFC. I still think they're a top seven team in the NFL. Losing those guys on the defense are huge. That's yeah. why I'm not as sure about it. Because I need to see their offense. We really haven't seen their offense prove anything this season. Because in the games they've won, they've dominated. And they didn't even need them. And in the two games they've lost, they've needed their offense in a big way and they folded heavily. Yeah. I mean, so I think this is where we truly find out about the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. 
I sound like a lunatic saying it, but I'm I'm banking on Dak Prescott to have a big bounce back game. I think he needs to. He does need to. He had a horrible. That was like the worst game he's ever played. It was it was one of them for sure. And with that being said, I feel like perfect time to finish out the episode with your boys' top five power rankings. Let's hear it. I really did struggle with this. It's tough. Like mightily. It's tough. <laughs> I have it right now, but I I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. The list is gonna change, okay? The list is gonna change. All right. I'm not. I was gonna put the Lions in in my top five, and I was gonna put them at number five, but I'm gonna hold them off. Keep them in my honorable mention. Keep them at six for now. If they end up winning again this week, if Jared Goff looks good, though they will be in my top five next week. But I'm gonna hold off because I'm not gonna stress too much about the Buffalo Bills losing this past week. No. I have the Buffalo Bills at five. And it's just because I think they have, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs is all I really need to say. You think they're the best team in football. No, I don't. You the said 49ers, that earlier on the podcast. Right, I, no, you but I also said I take it back. 49ers are the best team in football. Okay. They, they're definitely number one, right? I, hang on, <laughs> hang on. I'm putting the Bills at five because they still have a couple tough losses this season where they haven't been super impressive. But the game in London – Against Jacksonville, who's there for a couple weeks, I won't hold it over their head too much. That win against the Miami Dolphins was extremely impressive. I think it was the most impressive game I've seen out of any team this season. And that's the only reason I still have them in my top five. Or else I would have them at seven. At number four, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that goes without being said. Like I say every week, they've just been getting healthier and healthier. They just keep tacking on more wins. Granted, the reason why I have them at four is because the competition they've had this season has been very mid. When we're talking about the teams they've won against, Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, New York Jets, Minnesota Vikings. So anyone can make an argument for them being outside the top five. But I put them in at four because they're doing their job. They're winning games since week one, and they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Now, what happens with Travis Kelsey, we will see, because we didn't even mention that on this podcast yet. Travis sprain, Kelsey right? went down with a, with a, I believe it was a high ankle sprain um, this past weekend, but it wasn't as serious because he ended up coming back in the game, ended up scoring a touchdown. But, you know, ankle injuries, they linger. Yeah, and they- we've seen it with Saquon. He's been out a few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Kelsey ended up missing some time. But when they have their full team, I would bet on them against anybody. So I have them at four. Number three, I got the Miami Dolphins. And the reason why I don't have them extremely higher or at two or at one is because of that loss to the Buffalo Bills and because of the loss of Devon Achan. I kind of agree with you in some stance. I think Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mozart are going to be fine in that backfield, but I still think he was a huge dynamic piece for them. I think their run game is going to slow up for these next couple weeks. I think they're going to need to figure it out. But I put them at three because they have the scariest offense in football. At number two, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. I got them at two, and then it closes out with the 49ers at one because those are the only two undefeated teams remaining. And... The reason why I put the 49ers at one in front of the Eagles is because their defense is, I think it's safe to say that the 49ers have arguably the best defense in football. And the best offense. And the best offense in football. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So <laughs> that rounds out my top, my top five. I think the Eagles and the 49ers are going to be sitting at the top of that all season long. 
They've been they do their job week in and week out. It's not always pretty, but they don't blow games. They win games. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams ended up winning 13, 14 games this season. I like it. I so probably, that's my yeah. list. I had the Cowboys out there. I put the Cowboys at uh I put the Cowboys at seven, put the Lions at six, put the Bills at five, Chiefs at four, Dolphins at three, Eagles at two, Niners at one. I I, I feel like you're kind of discrediting the Bills a little. Okay. Disrespecting them. Disrespecting. Put Miami at three and they just killed them. I understand. Put them at five because they Seems like the Bills have been very inconsistent this season, though, no? They lost one game in London by five points. No, they've lost two. I mean, they've lost another game, but if they would have won, they would have been probably three in your... I mean, if they would have beat the Jets in week one, then... Yeah. They'd probably, they would probably be at three. Yes. But they did lose to the Jets week one... Josh Allen did throw two three or three picks, three yeah, picks in that first one. game. So I just put him at five because of the inconsistency. I haven't seen inconsistency from the Chiefs. No, I get it. They lost week one, but they didn't have Chris Jones. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. You cannot say the same about the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills also just lost Matt Milano, star linebacker. We were talking about it. That's a huge loss for them. And that's just the beginning of the big toll for them. I just think that the Bills are better than the Dolphins. That's my that's my I think that was just one football game. We say it all the time on here. Upsets happen all the time. But it wasn't close. Everybody beats everybody. It wasn't close at all. It was an ass whooping. It wasn't an ass whooping. Dolphins still put up thirty points. Yeah. They just gave up forty (laughs) six. I just No Matt Milano. Tredavious White is still on the IR. I like your list. I like the five teams you have in it. I would just probably flip some things. So you're not mad about the Cowboys? I think I'd probably there. put the Bills at three, the Dolphins at four, and the Chiefs at five. Okay. That's probably what I'd do. It's not too bad. And then what do you think of my Lions as an honorable mention? I like it. They look great. They do. Having said that, their last win wasn't against a good team. but No, I mean, I don't know if. Outside of the Chiefs, I don't know if any of their wins are against a good team. Yeah. So we got a lot to learn about them. We do. But we know their coach, Dan Campbell. Yeah. We know if they get punched, they're going to take a kneecap when they come back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting. But um, any anything else we need to touch on that I may have missed before we uh, round out this podcast? Because we know the Steelers are going to continue to be the Steelers. They're probably not going to fire um, their offensive coordinator. Did you see... Did you see him when the Steelers um, scored the game-winning touchdown to George Pickens? They audibled mm-hmm. to Randy, Randy Moss, Randy, Randy. Yeah. One-on-one ball to George Pickens. Yeah. He didn't even react when sitting in the booth, and I'm talking about Matt Canada. No, because he was upset that Kenny Pickett's a better play caller than him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you can see everyone, all the other coaches and the coaching staff behind him get ecstatic because yeah. they just won the game, and he has no reaction whatsoever. Selfish. I still think that's something we need to keep tabs on. I yeah. think it's in due time for when that guy gets fired. What did you think about the uh, fuck Cowboys shirt George oh, Kittle I was wearing? It. I loved it. I too. loved it. I love the beef. Yeah. I like how Micah Parsons is trying to talk shit after he they just got their ass kicked on Sunday night saying, oh, you don't want to face us down the road in the playoffs. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do want to face you guys. And then I think it was Debo Samuel that came out like, oh, we want to play you guys. Yeah. We're going to beat you guys even harder yeah. next time than we did this time. Yeah. And I think that's – I think Mike Parsons needs, needs to be nervous. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> the 49ers yeah. aren't playing around. We've been waiting. 49ers have been good year in and year out. We've just been waiting for them to finally get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl. It's looking like this might be that year. Yeah. To not just make it, but to win it as yeah. well. They're my favorites right now. If they now. can stay healthy, I agree with you. They're like, the favorites. I'm a diehard Bengals fan, and we have to go play at San Francisco after our bye week, and I don't think we stand a chance. Yeah. I think they have the best defense, best offense. Only way that we win that game is if we outscore them, which I just don't see happening. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to keep up with a team like that yeah. that never makes any mistakes and has a defense that can keep you in any game, even if your offense is struggling for Along with, quarters. in my opinion, probably the best coach in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're scary. They really are. Well, only time will tell, really, because – Outside, in my opinion, now that the Cowboys have been struggling, outside of the Eagles and the Niners, I think it's going to be up to them come playoff time. I mean, we joke about it all the time. As good as the Cowboys are going to be, are they going to get past the divisional round? Probably not. <laughs> and then we're talking about teams in the AFC. I mean, I still think the Chiefs are the best team, but I don't think any of those teams have proven that they're you know, the best of the best in yeah. the NFL. No one's been keeping up with the 49ers. No one has. And we'll see if that changes in the next couple of weeks. They got to stay healthy. They've been lucky. They've been able to stay healthy so far this season. Yeah. And we'll see if that can, uh, if uh, they can keep, keep on the course. I don't mind the 49ers. Okay. I like, they're probably, I'd rather see them in the Super Bowl than the Eagles again. So if you had to make a Super Bowl pick right now, who are you taking? Like 49ers and who? Bengals. Oh, oh is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Joe Burrow's going to be healthy again. We have the best offense in the AFC if Joe Burrow's healthy. Mine right now? Uh, for probably the Dolphins, but... Mine right now is Niners in either Dolphins or Bills. It's fair. Division's good. It's fantastic. Yeah. I don't know. So much for hyping up Mac Jones and the New England Patriots a few weeks ago. Am I right? Yeah, they look like shit. They've lost by 38 two weeks in a row. I think they're... Uh, Past two weeks, it's like a combined seventy-two to three. Yeah, I think it's bad. Yeah, they need, do. They move on from Mac Jones, or is it more of a Bill Belichick thing? They're both mid. Belichick needs to retire, and Mac Jones needs to be out of the league. <laughs> it's my opinion. I don't think he needs to be out of the league. I think they could just, go get Caleb Williams. They they could probably trade it trade with the uh, Bears for that first pick. I mean, yeah, they could, but they're also a team that's. Yeah, I guess one and four, one and four with coming up. They got the Raiders, Bills, and Dolphins these next three weeks. Oh, and three, <laughs> so they're one and seven after week eight. Maybe two and two and six if they beat the Raiders. It'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting to see who uh, ends up winning the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Yeah, but only time will tell. As we all must enjoy football while it's here. Because trust, it goes fast. It does. That being said, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week as we will ramp up our discussion with the NBA. We will ramp up our discussion with college football as we will learn a whole lot more in these next seven days. Thanks for tuning in. Go Celtics, baby.